0: You're listening to the 415ers podcast, part of the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Mark Randy, Evan Giddings with you here. We'll transition uh, to preview this matchup against the Washington Commanders coming up in just a second, Evan. And we appreciate everyone tuning in and, and listening. Give us a, a like, a, a rate, a subscribe as well, wherever you get your podcast, including on the Odyssey app. Uh, but as I was listening, Evan, to Kyle Shanahan speak to the media on Thursday kind of stumbled across a really impressive stat that I wasn't aware of. So uh, Shanahan was asked about the fact that teams really struggle after playing the 49ers. So regardless of the result, regardless of how they fare against San Francisco, and recently it's been poorly, they've won seven in a row, regardless of how they fare against San Francisco, they struggle the following week. In fact, opponents are in 12 in the week directly after playing San Francisco. Uh, Kansas City did win their game after San Francisco, but they had a bye in between, so that one doesn't even count. This year, opponents are 0-12 after Hmm. playing the San Francisco 49ers in that direct week. I'm going to play Kyle Shanahan's comments on this because I thought – You know, maybe it's something he wasn't quite aware of. That seems to be kind of a a statistician or a a nerd stat that they dig deep through the schedule and figure out how it works. But Kyle Shanahan, very aware of that and seemed to be pretty proud of it as well.
1: I mean, it's a record we're aware of, and it's one we think is pretty cool. I think they're 0-12. I don't think anyone's won. They had a bye week the week after they played us. Yep. talking about the next week that no one's won. They won two weeks after, but that wasn't the week after. So... It's a pretty cool stat. I mean, could be a coincidence, but we like to think
0: not. So we'll take it that way. So Shanahan not only was aware of it, but he corrected the reporter in real time for having the stat wrong. So it's clearly something that they keep an eye on. They, they know not only are they tough to play against, Evan, but they ruin a team's momentum. You play the 49ers, you get beat up. You get broken down and you are going to struggle the following week, which I, I think is why, you know, you everyone says a team looking at the 49ers as a potential postseason opponent, and they are scared, not only because they might lose to the 49ers, but if they somehow find a way to win, it's going to be hard for them to bounce back in just a week and play another really physical football team. I do think a lot of it has to do with physicality, but I think an equal
1: amount, if not more, is about – how the 49ers expose teams. And we saw this exhibit a was the Miami dolphins a couple of weeks ago, yeah. where D'Amico Ryan's made to a tongue of day, a nightmare. And we thought, Oh, well, that's, you know, just kind of a bad day to a, you know, he's a good quarterback. He'll bounce back. Well, the next week against the chargers who pretty much employed the same defensive scheme, which is press coverage, take away the middle, do whatever you can to make Tua have to go to a second and third option, and you're going to have a good chance to beat him. And lo and behold, Tungvaluwa struggled in that football game. So I, I also think offensively, the Niners do a good job at figuring out how to attack teams. Now they're well equipped to do it because they have so many different weapons, but when you get an idea of you know how the Niners open up things offensively, how they spread teams out sideline to sideline, how they're able to, you know, basically be creative in their offensive play calling. You have a two-fold way to attack an opponent. In addition to, of course, them being probably beaten and battered from playing the Niners the week before. So it's not just about how they'll play rough and tumble and wear teams down to the point where I'm sure they're sore, they're sore, you know, five days after playing the 49ers, but it's also a sense of, look, I would, I would bet that among coordinators in this league, the golden tape, right now Hmm. is what the 49ers do week in and week out because if you can figure out how to you know obviously you don't have the personnel but if you can figure out how to capture a little bit of that san francisco magic when it comes to how the defense plays teams how the offense attacks teams you're probably going to have a pretty good chance of beating that opponent because it just worked and so it's not just that the 49ers you know beat down teams and bruise them but they also expose them in a way that I think is hard for
0: a lot of teams to sort of bounce back from in just one week I wish I picked up on this trend earlier because I think I could have made quite a bit of money off of it Evan Uh, I might try to tail it now. And then, you know, that that'll be the end of the streak. Of course, that's how it always works. But
1: I I did think it was funny though. Uh, Yeah. Shanahan had that, that extra week for the chiefs in his back pocket, like Uh immediately, like he, and, and I don't know, maybe this is something that they've tracked throughout the entire season, or they just kind of noticed it after, I don't know, let's say the second time they played the Rams or something, but you could clearly tell like one, he's very proud. uh, And two, yeah, there there are no there's no middle ground here. No, we're we're not we're not letting you sneak the Chiefs bias. It I god, I go back and forth on this guy. I can't tell if he's being condescending <laughs> or if he's just whatever one purports him to be, which is,
0: you know, a mastermind or whatever you want to call him. I will say there's a very good chance it it moves to Owen 13 opponents after playing the 49ers in the following week cuz Seattle, they have the Chiefs on Saturday. Uh, not going to be easy for the Seahawks, and this is also kind of a weird one because they do have that mini-buy where they played on Thursday and now play on a Saturday, but still, looks like the odds are that that number falls to 0-13. Uh, but, Evan, let's transition to to preview this game against the Washington Commanders. They're 7-6-1 and one coming into Levi's. Niners are 10-4. and four. Uh, Christmas Eve game, 105 from Levi's Stadium. We'll uh, do game picks at the end of the episode. Niners right now favored by six and a half points. The over under 37 and a half. Pretty low between these two really good defenses. I think that's the story of this game, Evan. It's the fact that Washington's defense is really good. Not as good as the 49ers, but they're up there with some of the best in the NFL. The combination of Jonathan Allen and Duron Payne in the, the middle of their defensive line. They're also getting Chase Young back this week. It seems like he should be full to go. He's off the injury report. Ron Rivera says he should be good to play. We'll obviously be watching his snaps. He's coming off of an ACL tear towards the end of last season, so maybe not a full workload for Chase Young, uh, but he's certainly going to play, it seems like, and he's good enough to to be a factor, even if he's playing 50% of his normal snaps. That front seven, the the defensive line specifically, Evan, is as good as any in the NFL. They're not nearly as good in the linebacking core and defensive backfield with their corners and safeties as some of the other elite defenses, but that front four, they're four down linemen as good as any. Yeah,
1: no doubt. I mean, that's, that's the only place I think you could argue that rivals San Francisco, uh, maybe without Debo Samuel, you know, a, a Terry McLaurin led wide receiving cores is, is pretty good. Um, Compared to the 49ers right now, who are led by Brandon Ayuk. So maybe there. But but it's interesting, Mark, because on one side, the Washington Commanders have a, a damn good defense, are getting better and arguably getting their best defensive player back. So that's gonna hopefully elevate them, maybe not this week, because he'll probably be on a limited snap count, but in the future, a team that the Niners might have to play in the postseason. But the Niners are also getting a defensive lineman back as well yep. in Javon Kinlaw, who maybe isn't at the level that Chase Young is, but of course people had hoped he would be when he was taken in the first round a few years ago as Eric Armstead's you know, replacement, so to speak. Buckner's. The Buckner, sorry, DeForest Buckner. So it's, it's a situation where both defenses have a chance to play at a different level because of guys that they're getting back, injured players that are returning. So I'm excited to see you know how the 49ers face this this front that has controlled the line of scrimmage against virtually every single team that they've played uh, they don't allow big rushing games or at least haven't so far this year but can Brock Purdy be good enough you know to to dance in the pocket to escape pressure because more than likely there's going to be pressure in his face and there's going to be pressure from just four guys which I don't know if that's something that he's necessarily had to deal with yet being able to on the fly adjust to pressure coming in his
0: face from, you know, not teams that don't have to use a blitz, essentially. Yeah, no, I agree. that That's the really important battle in this game. Uh, to your point about Kinlaw returning, he played the first three games this season as a starter, uh, but Armstead only played the first two. So this is the first time since week two that the 49ers could have all four of their Ideal starting defensive lineman ready and, and able to go. Again, th- those four, Samson Ebukam, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, and Nick Bosa. Those four guys started week one. They started week two. And since then, it, it, you've had three at times. You've had two at times. You have never had all four until potentially this week. Javon Kinlaw off the injury report. He's been activated off of IR. Kyle Shanahan said on Thursday, yeah, they expect him to go similar story to chase young i wouldn't expect him to play his normal snaps if he had been playing for for a month or two but it is at least another body and the niners have had some injuries on the defensive front recently it hasn't been to starters that's the good news but they are not as deep at that position at least at this point in the season as they have been in years past so or pardon me in in weeks past so that's going to be really important javon kinlaw along with the other starters on the defensive line uh but but back to Uh, the commanders really quickly. You look at defensive tackle leaders. Those are the interior parts of your defensive line. The Washington commanders have the top two defensive tackles on, again, on the interior of the offensive line in terms of tackles for loss in the entire NFL, Jonathan Allen, 16, Daron Payne, 15, number one, and number two in the entire NFL tackles for loss by defensive tackles. You, You generally have the high sack numbers and the high, tackles for loss numbers from your edge rushers from someone like Nick Bosa from a linebacker who plays on the outside near the line of scrimmage like a Micah Parsons who are the top two uh you know uh, potential players to win the defensive player of the year uh but Washington kind of does it differently their pressure and their talent is from the middle part of that line so it's a gigantic game for Aaron Banks Jake Brendel and Spencer Burford, the interior three of the 49ers offensive line. Again, you have Williams and McGlinchey on the tackles, but Banks, Brendel, Burford, the killer bees, as they're called. This is probably their biggest challenge of the year. You're going to get beat at times because Allen and Payne are as good as any tackle, a defensive tackle in the NFL. You have to worry about Chase Young on the outside. But those three guys on the interior of the Niners offensive line, Banks, Brendel, Burford, they will have their hands full. They will get beat a few times. Niners fans, get be prepared for that. It's not going to be a perfect day for the 49ers offensive line. That's how good Washington is. But if Banks, Brendel, Burford can have a pretty good game, I think the Niners should, should be able to control this game pretty easily. If those three hold up, they will be fine. If they get beat time and time again, that's what could keep this game close. Yeah, and to your point, I think that affects maybe
1: the most important part of the Niners' game plan when it comes to possessing the football, controlling the clock. And that is how Brock Purdy is going to be on third down. Um, this is a Washington team that is fourth best on third down, getting teams off the field. And that's generally, we see something that the 49ers do. I mean, one of the reasons why it's hard to put up points against them, it's hard to sustain drives. And so, although Brock Purdy has been explosive, maybe not, you know, throwing the ball deep down the field, but being able to pick up chunk plays either, you know, last week we saw with Kittle, the yak has been obviously a big part of this offense and has continued so with Brock Purdy. But when you got Washington with two pretty quality corners on the outside, Kendall Fuller, and then Ben, a, a name that I love. Uh, I believe it's Benjamin St. Just, uh, <laughs> who's a, a tall quarterback from Quebec. So you got a couple of, of quality um, physical DBs on the outside. How much separation can Brandon Ayuk get? Can long and Jawan get? Can, you know, the 49ers receivers not named George Kittle or Christian McCaffrey, how open can they get on third down against a team that you already know is going to give Brock Purdy this internal clock of, I got to get the ball out in three seconds or less. And on third down, are they in? you know, third and longs, how do they fare? How, how are, how is the running game setting up those third downs? Are they going to be behind the sticks or is it going to be a lot of, you know, third and shorts? How is this team going to be able to get to the sticks, get to that first down when they need to against a Washington team that is better than almost everyone, except for the 49ers at getting teams off the field on third downs.
0: Yeah. And as a result of, Of that on third downs defensively they lead the nfl in time of possession they're number one over 32 nearly 33 minutes per game time of possession the niners not far behind second best over 32 minutes at 32 minutes and 10 seconds so about half a minute less per game the 49ers possess the ball than the commanders but i would not be shocked evan if this is a game where you look at the box score at the end before even looking at the score, you look at the time of possession, whichever team possesses the ball more probably has a good chance to win this game. You have the two best teams in the NFL at doing that. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on extended drives. Can you force a couple of three and outs? Can you put the defense on their heels? Can you tire them out? We talked about opponents struggling against the Niners following weeks. You can also get a bit of that in second halves of these games. If you possess the ball a lot, if you force the defense to be on the field often, uh, then you might be able to reap those benefits uh, towards the end of the game. And maybe that's enough to to come out with a win. Uh, before we get to game picks, Evan, uh, and again, the 49ers favored by six and a half points, the mm. over under set at 37 and a half. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the line down there. Uh, I got to ask you, do you think this is a, a postseason preview? Do you think we see Niners commanders again uh, in a few weeks in, in postseason football? I... Oh, this is tough right now. Right now. No, right now. Right now would be the Giants, right? Would be the Giants and the Commanders would be playing the Vikings. I I don't think the 49ers are going to get the two seed.
1: So I don't think that they face Washington Mm. in the first round. And I also don't think they would want to face Washington in the first round. I know we talked about this in the last episode, but to me, out of the playoff teams that have a potential to upset, that have a potential to go on the road and win. Uh, of those final three or four teams in the hunt, to me, Washington
0: is the most dangerous of them. So all right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So uh we'll see. Yeah, right now it would not be, but I think there's there's still a pretty good chance. I again would not be surprised if the Lions get in. Lions the best offense of the bunch, but by far the worst defense of the bunch. We'll see how it all plays out over the coming months and of course or coming weeks, and we'll have it all for you here on dual threat uh, before... quarterback
1: this week, Mark.
0: Yeah, we'll Gotta see. Got to watch I mean, out for Taylor Heineke. He's, he's not bad. He's he's a scrappy little guy, that's for sure. We'll see. He's a we'll nice little player. Goes. He is. He is. Nice little find for the Washington Commanders. All right, let's get to game picks here. Again, 49ers, Commanders. Saturday, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, some holiday football for the 49ers at Levi Stadium. 105 is the kick. Niners favored by six and a half, the over under 37 and a half. Evan, I see this game being a slog, a defensive slug fest. I'm taking the under by a mile. Niners cover, though, by half a point. 17 to 10. Niners win. 17-10. They improve to 11-4. and four, And you never know. Maybe they'll be the two-seed at the end of the week. We'll see. Maybe they will. Mark Well, it's shocky that I also the first number that popped into my head was 1710. (laughs) No, I I think that's the way this game goes. I don't think there's going to be many points. These defenses are elite. The Niners probably not going to give the ball to McCaffrey 32 times this week. They want to win, but they don't need to win that badly. Uh, I think this is a defensive slugfest. Niners will trust their defense in this game.
1: Yeah, I think they have to. And I'm I'm going to be curious as to how Kyle Shanahan, both and D'Amico Ryan's, approaches this game when it comes to uh load managing some of their stars. So the most interesting number coming out of this game win or loss to me will be snap count. Hmm. And look, you're I mean, they have an advantage over Washington, who played Sunday night. So there's one less day for Washington. The 49ers obviously kind of got that mini buy of, of a 10-day break. But with also kind of another break coming up, because you're looking at playing on uh, New Year's Day next week against the Raiders, you know, you're you're looking at a similar schedule, but obviously you're having less time than the week before you are trying to get everyone as healthy as possible. You're trying to keep guys that are returning like Javon Kinlaw as healthy as possible. So that's another reason why I do think the score would be suppressed and why, to your point, they would trust the defense. So I think we're both on the same page, 1710.
0: Yeah, we'll see 1710 Niners is the pick. Uh, we'll probably be way wrong, but, but we'll see <laughs> check <laughs> in next not. episode of the four one and and we'll own up to our mistakes, or we will take a gigantic victory lap if we happen to be right. 1710 Niners, Regardless, it should be a really fun game, a really fun weekend. Appreciate all of you guys for tuning in to the 415ers uh, three times a week here on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Have a fantastic uh, holiday season. Hope you're spending it with family. Hope you're having a great time watching some 49er football. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in once again. Evan, have a uh, great rest of your trip down in San Diego with family, and I'll see you again next week.
1: Back at you, man. I got a Brock Purdy jersey in the cart oh yeah you
0: found one it might be for you who knows merry christmas oh let's see all right merry christmas evan we'll talk to you later thanks so much guys you've been listening to the 415ers here on the odyssey sports podcast network